What up? Welcome to episode two of My Violet Tendencies with me, Marvelous Matt Nix. And man, this week's episode. Um, so <laughs> funny thing about the the first first three episodes of this show uh, are all recorded on the road trip that Chris Castro, Craig Mitchell, and myself took to uh, Fest Wrestling in Gainesville, Florida. Um, couple weeks ago and you know we had i got this new podcast equipment it's pretty awesome these real like professional mics they're pretty dope um and this nice little rig that can like it connects you know with the mics uh the headphones and it connects right into my phone so like um i'm able to record you know wherever um but it also like it has like an adapter and stuff to connect to my my laptop too. So if I decide to like record in like a set location or what have you, um, it'll be super easy that way or super easy, you know, for in the car. You know, there's so many times we're on on road trips, like just like you know, you, if anybody's been on a on a good road trip, you know, like you you just get into these really deep conversations sometimes or just like real fun or funny conversations or just just stuff that you're like oh like it's always something that you're like man oh i wish we would have like filmed that or like you know something like you've everyone's always been there they've done that i mean that's probably why most podcasts exist uh to begin with you know just people trying to recreate the funny or just magic you know from hanging out with your friends or you know uh just retelling those stories and you know that's isn't that isn't that what life is <laughs> isn't that what life is just you know retelling stories over and over again uh that's kind of how my life is at least but um but no for so for the first three episodes of this of this show uh are are just excerpts from our trip and um you know a lot of the times when we're in the car together just or just in general when you know Craig or Castro and myself are all you know hanging out you know we'll talk about you know stuff going on in our lives you know wrestling but like it never fails we always end up talking about like yeah remember remember back in the day when we did you know this this and that you know involved in backyard wrestling and i know i've probably talked about it a million times and i know the 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 other two as well and we're not really shy about it but like you know it's it's pretty wild that like you know we came from this weird backyard wrestling world that like you know for you know for the most part was just like a a small portion of our lives but like realistically left such a lasting impression on us and uh it's kind of like this weird like indie scene that's like not indies like it's just like it's like an indie scene of like untrained kids uh and all these shows are just happening in people's backyards but around the country around the world even um and so, you know, this episode is just us kind of reminiscing a little bit about our our youth and uh, you know, our you know, our upbringing in the backyard wrestling community and you know, it's our it's our little I guess history history of backyard wrestling according to us. And I'm sure there's going to be so many like continuity errors or just, you know, stuff or just I don't know. But bear with us. It was a really fun conversation. I think if you know nothing about backyard wrestling, this might be the most interesting podcast you've ever <laughs> listened to. So, um, yeah, sit tight and 
check this out. Hope you guys like it. Thanks. God, it took me like just 10 minutes right now to get situated because I was like trying to get all the cords and everything like in a perfect length for you guys to have the mic up there in the front. Um, perfect length for me back here in the back. I have these headphones on so I can hear everything perfectly. And then I fucking buckled myself up and the cords were all trapped in, in the fucking uh, uh, seatbelt with me. So I had to like take off the headphones and like pass it through the bottom of the thing. It just, it was a whole process. This just sounds like the worst kind of te- technical difficulties. I Sounds like you're having a hard time. God damn it. So we got 13 hours and 19 minutes to go. Yeah, and we're already uh, we're over the the ETA that was expected. So now we're going to go home at 11.01 a.m. That should be... We should be able to get that down, unless we have to stop. So we have a full tank of gas, uh, cans of bang, previously full chocolate bars. Chocolate energy. Now nothing more but the road ahead of us. Yes. Well, uh, so we were we were talking in the car ride on the way down here uh, for ideas for a specific episode to cover, and we so we had talked about, and I think I posted about it too, uh, about doing like a history of freelance. Uh, but I feel like I just did that like recently. I think I, I think at the beginning of the year or the end, end of last year, I did a like retrospe- retrospective retrospect retrospect uh, on freelance and the year of freelance and when I think we it was me Sterling uh, came out and Kirby we all sat down and we talked about the year of freelance and it was real fun and uh, we definitely want to do that again and we will. Um, but we can wait. We can wait and do a, 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 a whatever history of freelance some other time because we came up with a better idea, right, guys? I think so. We uh, another thing we discussed in the previous episode on the way to Gainesville. Yeah, um, I don't know why you explain, Nick, and kind of put it over. See exactly what we're going to talk about. Well. We are going to do a history of sorts, uh, at least as much as our tiny little brains can remember. Uh, but we are going to do the history of our our history in backyard wrestling. Uh, so, basically, we're going to talk about when we were youngins, growing up in the south side of Chicago, south suburbs, and uh, hanging out with some good pals. Uh, just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> just beating the shit out of each other. You guys more than we were, we were at the time. And just, uh, you know, the weird and, like, kind of, ins- it's insane uh, upbringing, I guess. Our upbringing in, in backyard wrestling and, and how it helped prepare our lives for the <laughs> the dreadful life of an independent wrestler. It really helped for the good and the bad, if you think about it. The worst, before we even get into like the history of anything, the worst independent things you can handle, and then some of the the situations where you needed to be a little bit more uh, flexible as a person to kind of handle different things as they were coming at you, definitely was like the normal day to day. 
of someone just trying to put together a match, uh, considering you were never getting paid, uh, and there was nothing good coming from it other than the fact that you were having fun, right? And sometimes it wasn't fun, but a lot of the times it was. But much like how indie wrestling is now, uh, there are a lot of times where it's not fun, and it definitely feels like it's like a fucking job. But there's also times where, you know, situations call for, you know, quick audibles, uh, you know, things happen. And I think the upbringing that we had, you know, doing it most of the time for just the fun of it, regardless if it actually ended up being fun or not, uh, and just kind of doing things on the fly uh, allowed us to adapt, I think, a little bit better to the environment of what it was like to grind on the early days coming up in the indies. I, at least that's how I feel. Like, I, I always feel I was a lot less um, bitter or jaded coming into this because I already knew how hard it was to, you know, drive 10 hours to do a match and then just zip back home just for just, you know, the little bit of experience. It, it actually just felt a lot more... Uh, it felt a lot... After we, I, I think after we talk about it a little bit more, it actually felt a lot more just what it was like to go to a super show. Yeah, it took a lot, a uh, lot of time and just patience, especially since we, like you said, we weren't getting really much from it. Just, just for like, I guess you can say recognition on these forums and time to hang out with our friends. So it prepped us, it definitely prepped us, especially for these long ass trips like we're doing right now. Yeah, I think in order for anyone to like completely understand exactly what the hell I'm talking about or what you're talking about, you would need to go back to. Uh, exactly what the beginning, early days of what back at wrestling really looked like for us. So I don't know. Maybe Nick, you want to start to uh, open that idea up, and then we can further elaborate a little bit on that. Uh, well, I think we should start with almost. Um, so let's talk about the like you, Castro. You mentioned the forums, and for the forums, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, what an internet forum is. Uh, it was usually like a uh, community, you know, back end to a website or like something. Some sort. I mean, there were some websites that were just forums, and it was basically like people would post like certain topics in like folders that were like designated for that topic, and then people would just post underneath it their responses, and people would have conversations like that. And it and it seems very, uh, very uh, ancient at this point, you know, like how social media is currently just so instant and like smooth and, and you know back in those days of uh, the internet forums it was very much like uh, I don't know like how would you how would you guys describe it like as far as like interacting with people on a, on a forum it's crazy to think exactly how it was you would have relationships with hundreds of different people in all over the world and it was a completely text based media sharing relationship it wasn't um I, and i even i said this in the gbywn uh thread recently where we were like they they do this thing now where they they post a photo of someone mm-hmm. and then they ask for your 100 percent like opinion on that person and it's crazy because up until that point most of those people i have never seen high resolution photos of them uh and that's how it was or any photos yeah it was crazy <laughs> like so if you were on these 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 message boards um it was mainly a text. Really, you, it was it was kind of your identity was based through your avatar. So you would have your your name, and then you would have your postings, and then you know it was kind of funny. They would give you like little rankings based on how often you post or uh, things like that. And 
the only relationship you really had was in these threads, you would post opinions and thoughts, and then it would be like an open conversation. And none of these conversations were instant. It wasn't like a, a I am thing. It was like a thread would be posted, you would comment on it, and then... Uh, much like me, I, I know you guys were pretty much the same thing. Like this board, I would check all the time, and sometimes you would have, you know, no option but to check back hours later. And that conversations would unfold over weeks rather than minutes. It was kind of crazy if you it's think about insane. it. It's insane. And and I would I would like especially I remember getting in arguments with people on these forums, and you just like you they somebody says something shitty towards you and you fucking write your thing back. And you're like, yeah, this is it. This is my good response. Boom, slam that bitch down. And then you wait, and you just keep refreshing the page. <laughs> you sit there, and you're like, yeah, come on, come on, let me see what this guy's going to say back. And, uh, yeah, like just like you said, like conversations would just go on forever. And those really good threads that would end up like lasting like a couple pages, like it'd be like seven pages long, and it would last like a week. Oh, man, that was some, that was some shit. It was just really insane. Like to think about you would get up, and like back then – uh, and we still have to further explain exactly what the hell these boards are. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you would get up, and I don't know, I would get up in the morning, and I didn't care about social media. It wasn't like Facebook or uh, MySpace, I think, already was like, it was there. But even before that blew up, there was the boards. And uh, you would get up and you would check those. And I think that was our social media. And it was the reason is it was it was organized. I I mean it it's a little sloppy, but it was very much organized for the time that we would have a place where you could go. It was very practical. Yeah, and it, it, it served the purpose of what it was supposed to do. It was it was a way to organize shows. Think about it. Like I don't know anybody in my adult life that could organize things having all the tools they have now, and we were able to organize these events in the middle of nowhere with all these people based just around these boards it was it was absolute madness it it really was madness i remember <clears throat> looking into some of the forums some of the topics for super shows of people just meeting up and it would be like okay you want to come in uh take this highway oh you're flying in go to this airport oh uh you need driving directions here this is my address map quest it and God, map people quests. would still all these people would still get to this one spot. Yeah, it was kind of like now I feel you go somewhere. There's just there's not as much effort that needs to go into it. I remember then, like getting I, like, I don't even know how we did it. We would go to these super shows, and you would have like almost no communication outside of like you'd have your communication on the board, but then after that there wasn't like unless you managed to you know. Which it seems so simple to get people's numbers and stuff like that, but then it was pretty much like the person you were dealing with was just some avatar on a. How fucking terrifying is this? Like, oh, I'm gonna go do this show in the middle of nowhere. I know nobody on the show, and I'll be there. It sounds insane, and and, and so to to kind of go back a little bit um, to what we were talking about. So we we posted on these forums, and there was two. As far as I know, and as, I, and as far as I'm concerned, there was only two main backyard wrestling internet forums that really, really meant something to the world, and that would be the the backyard wrestling link, which is where you guys were from, uh, or at least that's where you guys posted on before. And then once that forum kind of died off, and the the guys from there kind of stopped wrestling or moved on to to other things, 
um, a new forum kind of popped up, and that's where I met met a lot of people uh, that I became close with, uh, and that was called the GBYWN, uh, which originally stood for Global Backyard Wrestling News, and and then was changed to Backyard Wrestling Nation. Um, and yeah, so the, like. Uh, like you, you guys were talking about how you know you we'd, we would post on these forums and everything was done through 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 text and typing out and like saying like like organizing a super show for instance like uh, I think like when when we did our show uh, global nomination I think that was the very first super show of the GBYWN era uh, of backyard wrestling in in the United States and you know it really was just like we posted hey we're gonna do this big show on this day uh who wants to come and then like everybody would would respond underneath and like you just be like okay that person's coming and you just kind of assume that they're coming even though you're like you don't know these people you don't know where they're coming from you don't know how they're getting there you're just like okay he's coming and like of the people that confirmed about that that were coming i think that like maybe a third of those people didn't even end up showing up but we still had like like over a hundred people there for that show. Yeah, like, it was wrestlers kind of only. Wrestlers. Like, I remember booking that with you. I remember we God. were sitting. I remember FX came in. Remember that we met up with uh, FX, and then we all went back to my house, and we were putting like the final touches on the card. And like, keep in mind, like anybody who's never done any kind of backyard wrestling, and all they know is independent wrestling. Like, you think it's insane to like do a show and come in, and then like. You know, not have any guarantees on trans or uh, if you're getting any money for the show. or Like, imagine that, like, chaos thought times a thousand. That's what it was like booking a backyard show. It was just like you knew there was everything that happened cost. There was never a return ever. Ever. <laughs> it was just for fun. And you would have people coming in. Because here's the thing. When people think backyard wrestling, they think, you know, a couple dudes, maybe a small group of friends wrestling either like crazy hardcore wrestling or like some like backwood deathmatch wrestling in the middle of a field but like what we did which it, it it always started very innocently it started just like fucking around and like we'll get to that a little bit but when we started getting more organized it literally felt like independent wrestling but in a backyard it was very organized like it, it's almost psychotic more you, organized than than a lot of independent shows that we've been on if you go back to global domination and you watch it it might not be the greatest wrestling ever because it's not it's it's very much so kids wrestling but in a ring and trying to put on independent wrestling style matches but it was like think about it we had a venue we had a ring we had talent from all over the U.S. Literally all over the U.S. And we organized it, just like you would do a regular show. People came in. We had a designated place to meet. Everybody was given their matches. They went over their matches. And then we had four shows in two days, and they all started and ended on time. Insane. Insane. Unheard of. Well, to be fair, that first show went a little late, and we had to do it at the beginning of the next day. But... That was, but still, like for the most part, yeah, it was considering like in the crate, and we'll have to further elaborate and everything else. But going back to global domination, that show was crazy because it was literally like we all got to that park that day, and it was like I have no idea who's coming, and like people were showing up 
and you were literally meeting them for the first time and you only knew who they were based on what their name was. Like they would introduce themselves as their name from the message board, which is so bonkers. Like, I don't know how I like it would never happen like that anymore. But like, literally, that was like, OK, that it, it's literally your parents worst nightmare yeah. of like, hey, like, you know, don't talk to strangers. Uh, don't you know, don't run with scissors in your hand. Don't meet up with people on the Internet. Like, it's just these things that, that you get instilled on you when you're younger. But, like, we didn't really think about it like that. You know, yeah. we didn't think about, like, somebody trying to take advantage of us or, like, getting robbed or something. That literally had never pa- uh, crossed my mind at it any also point. It never happened either. It, it, was, yeah, it, also it was never happened. It was literally happened. all good fun. But looking back, I think, I think what I'm trying to say is looking back on it now, it's absolutely crazy. But then it felt like it was the only way. About the uh, the uh, ages of people that were just showing up, like basically it was people who were, like between the ages of like fifteen and thirty. Yeah, and that's the fucking also the weird ass thing about it too. Never ever ever was there ever like any kind of communication on who is what, what they are, where they're from, uh, how old they are. It was just literally like we're holding a backyard show. Who wants to come? And it was open to it's an open invite, which is crazy too. Another thing I want to touch on, uh, I just remember the, the difference between uh, backyard super shows on the link compared to the GYWN, where where it was the GYWN most of the shows were open invite, and the link it was uh, invite only. Yeah, I remember just, see, just seeing that, and it was just like, oh, like oh, shoot, like Supercar of the Backyard, or just all these like different random shows. And it was like invited thing, this person, this person, this person, this person, uh, confirmed this person, this person, this person, th- uh, interested this person, this person, and it just it would hype like the show up. But like, there's two main differences. So like, let's get down to this. So there were two main main differences between the GBWN and the Link. So the GBYWN definitely was something that started on the back end of the link going out. So to further under, you know, understand the GBYWN, you need to understand what the link was. So the link started much, much earlier. So uh, just to just to briefly touch on what the, the back end wrestling link is. It started, uh, I would say it's like late 1999-ish, maybe early 2000. I didn't start getting onto the board until 2001. Um and by then, it was a little bit more established. It was definitely like a, a well-read, well-populated board at this time. And uh, uh, it, was, it was already, like, doing its purpose. So there were, there were a few different uh, backer wrestling sites at this point. There was Figure Four, and then there was WrestleFigs. WrestleFigs. And then there was another one. I can't remember the name of it right now. But then there was the BYW Link. Uh, then there was that Australian board. That's what it was, yes. It was, it was similar to, like, that. So... Um, but at this point in time, outside of, like, the best of Backer Wrestling, which was the videotapes, this was, like, the main hub for all the Backer Wrestling that was going on. And pretty much if you did Backer Wrestling, you were on this, this site. It was the only thing, like, if you Googled Backer Wrestling, this is the easiest thing that came up. So, basically, the, the BYW Link had first dibs on the world of Backer Wrestling. So, if you were doing it and you had any kind of way of sharing, because basically the only reason you did it is for your friends, but you'd videotape it and then you would share the content. And it wasn't like sharing it to YouTube. It was, you would put the work in, create the media, edit it yourself, and then you would actually have to like host it or post it and hopefully that someone would download it and then share it. It was like tape trading. Tape trading for backyard wrestling. Yeah, and it was just like very, very low quality media. And how much of this, like, 
I, I know how much I have so much in my in like on my personal hard drive of like old oh, yeah. old videos. I, I'm sure you have like well, that's why tons. I made the uh, I made my YouTube channel called Back at Wrestling History. And right, it's actually yeah. Just all the old media that I have. You started hundreds, of, hundreds of hours. You started cataloging as much of it as you could because because a lot of it's like. You know, like we won't name any names, but there's so many, so many fucking people that have come up through, legit, like literally through the Backyard Wrestling link and Backyard Wrestling, and went on to become huge stars in independent wrestling and in like WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, like and all these, all these big worldwide companies, you know, and they got their start on this internet forum. Yeah, and I think so because the BYW link was so heavily trafficked at this point let's say like moving into like the mid 2000s it became like the indies like you had guys that had been established and then you had people who went to the site and actually became fans of these wrestlers me included i and i mean i i I don't want to say it's you can't name names but i guess maybe just to keep it that way but i mean you can can name some i I just don't know a lot of people from the back at wrestling link have gone on to be Huge, huge forces in pro wrestling. I mean, you have Ricky Shane Page, Flip Kendrick, Lewis Linden, Chris Hero, um, who else? Uh, fucking, uh, God damn it, I'm trying to think of his name right now. Um, you got like Marion Fontaine, you got Pac. Pac from AEW, um, Will Ospreay. Well, yeah, like it just a lot. And then you're thinking now more of the modern age guys like Tony Deppin and uh, Joey Janela and guys like that. Like, these are all guys who started backyard wrestling and posting. They did it the exact same way we did it. They posted their content online. They did it for fun. And it, it the guys that like, like Zane, like, like Zane is Zane. making a huge breakout right now, but he was just like us. Like he would just go to these shows and he was wrestling the exact same way he is now, but doing it in the backyard. It was crazy. Um, and we all knew. We all knew how good Zane was back yeah, then. It, and it, we're just it, like, man, maybe one day. And the shit he's doing now. Together. The shit he's doing now is nothing. Nothing compared to what he used to be doing. It, it is not even even close. And I think that's the same for a lot of us. A lot of guys were doing some shit. Like Anarchy Andy. So um, Unbroken Andy Harner. Holy shit. Like that guy was doing stuff in backyard wrestling that I. It still is insane, and it is such a shame that a lot of the things he did then, he will never be able to do now. It's not saying maybe he can't physically do it. I just don't think he would ever want to do it. Right. He's got a family. He's yeah. He's getting older, man. Your body you starts mad. shutting down. You start but dying. All those things aside. So, you know, imagine, you know, those guys are established guys now, and people like to see them then. Like, you know, see them now. But then they were, they were just as great, and... They were, you know, we all knew that they were something special. And, and I think, you know, it's kind of crazy. The Back at Wrestling Link gave light to these, like, these feds and companies that were, you know, they're, they're, they're all make-believe things. They weren't really companies. They weren't making money or anything like that. But it, it, was, it was so fun. And I think all of us being such legitimate wrestling fans, we were able to suspend belief enough to keep, what was cool about what we liked in watching pro wrestling and actually just adapted to the back of wrestling stuff. So we liked the characters. We liked the fed itself. Uh, we liked the look. We liked the media they would put out. So it became fun. I, I would get up every morning and I would check the board to see who posted new media. And then you developed, you know, 
an interest for who you liked. So you're thinking all these years of doing this, the BYW link became like a giant fad. And it became like every area where they were releasing content from was like a territory. So you had like, you know, HVWA and YWF, they were Australia. And then you had like the East Coast guys like XWA and LWF. And then you had the Florida crew and then you had guys in the Midwest and then you had the guys like the Ohio crew, which basically the almost the entire Ohio crew grew, like ended up doing a lot of shit from wrestling, which is insane. Yeah, Ohio uh, was kind of like the heart of yeah. backyard wrestling for the longest time. So you had HWF, then you had the Michigan guys, so you had NRW, uh, Shocker, uh, and LK, which ended up you know going on to be Aeroform. Um, but I digress on that. So there, there was just so many different companies running backyard shows but then they would have these super shows which it only made sense right so they were all doing so well on their own that it would only make sense that they would get together and do these like super shows where you would have you know these dream matches where you know I remember growing up and I'd be like I I loved WSW which was out of uh, Canada and they had like Steve Shilson for example and I just liked Steve Shilson I always thought how cool would it be to see Steve Shilson versus like Shocker, like similar styles, that'd be cool. And then that would happen, and that's it actually created like a sense of hype amongst the back of wrestling community. It like blew your mind that, like, yeah, holy it was shit, like, I can't believe these guys are meeting up and doing it, it. It was the same exact thing as when you would go to like Ring of Honor and you would see like AJ Styles, and you're like, I can't believe I could see him here. But it was like on a less scale, but it was still as cool to us, which sounds so dumb maybe to someone on the outside, but to us, it was awesome because. We didn't know these people. We only knew their media and their wrestling, but it was like a more obtainable version of pro wrestling to us, I guess. But and and you talk about the Canadians. How could we not talk about VCW? Yeah, I mean, they, they. I would say VCW is probably um, the most significant, the most influential. Yeah, like and what they were able to do is they were able. They were older, right? So they had. They were able to take the trips and they had their own like like we were all young kids we were like 15 16 years old um like i when i first started going in the backyard backyard wrestling like i was like 12 so i had no money i was a fucking child (laughs) but then i would see like scott henson and dan mccabe and like big fucking yakuza they look like real like pro independent wrestlers yeah and look at and dude look at and look at how how mccabe is doing now i know it's insane it's it's so awesome to see like somebody like him, who's a, he's a great dude to begin with, but he's an even better wrestler, and like it's awesome to see him get his fucking, you know, shake at the Indies now, and, and making a really really good name for himself. And it, it and here's the thing, we we knew all then that they were good, and now it's like all the rest of the world is like, all oh, these guys are great. It's like fourteen year old me knew, you know, and I got a chance to see some shit you'll never see. It's crazy. So, you know, with having all that, like like I said, it created this. This uh, this circuit, where it was like you had NRW, WSW, HWF, uh, XWA, all the backyard companies, and then they all started running less, and they just started running more super shows, and then the super shows became even bigger than it, it had like an aura around. Yeah, it. so I mean, you obviously have the big ones like Backyard Fest, and anybody who knows anything about backyard wrestling knows about Backyard Fest. Backyard Fest is like the fucking number one. It ended at ten. And it ended at 10, and we tried to run 11, and it not as good, but it was still fun. Um, 
But then there's the other ones too that like you know like everybody knows about like the gathering like the the LWF backyard gathering, gathering yeah. backyard gathering that's a big one. Uh, the um, the biggest one which I don't care about saying this is like the um, the BYE BYE oh, backyard experience, backyard experience uh, turned into Beyond Wrestling. Yeah, so, basically, yeah. Uh, Drew Cordero. That's not a secret, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, like like that's another that that's huge too. Beyond Wrestling started out as probably like the final bridge between how good is backyard wrestling getting and how can we get it to where it's now like full-fledged like these guys are fucking hungry and they're fucking awesome and they're doing it for wrestling and they're not doing it for anything else they're doing it you know like that's what beyond wrestling started as dude that's a that is a documentary waiting to happen yeah like, like the rise of like drew cordero and like all that stuff and then like how beyond started and how beyond has become like like arguably the the one of the best independent wrestling companies in the world drew cordero is our paul Heyman. <laughs> he definitely is paul he Heyman. is and if no one ever will probably see most of the media that i'm talking about but when we were growing up go to backyard wrestling history on, yeah, uh, you, history yeah on there's YouTube. some shit on my youtube channel if you were growing up and you would watch Drew Cordero's uh, promos and everything. He was a madman, but he is completely responsible for making backyard wrestling organized and fun towards the end. I was too young to obviously partake in a lot of the shows. I was still like 13, 14 when they were running like backyard experience. But I would sit at home and I would watch, I would watch these shows like they were fucking pay-per-views. It's madness. I couldn't wait for the media to come out. I would just sit on the like that's the thing you would get on the boards and you would be so excited just to read about the show. You would read like the superlatives and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And you just you just knew it was good. And it's so crazy cuz now everything's instant, right? A show happens or you have so much streaming and yeah, everything's you know what streaming I mean? live. But then it was like word of mouth, but it was it wasn't even pro wrestling, but we were that excited for it because we knew that, you know, you know, there was going to be surprises and we were invested. Were, yeah, we were fully invested. So, so to get back on track, so the Backyard Wrestling Link was able to do that, which is madness. It, it was Backyard Wrestling that was captivating. It was fun. It was, it was something worth getting into. There was enough to bite on to keep your interest. But, like all good things, it came to an end. And I, I don't blame a lot of the guys for giving, you know, because a lot of the guys, as they started getting older, they, they, wrestling just wasn't really for them. Um, they, they, the Backyard stuff ran its course. And the ones that it was good for, they kept wrestling. And the ones that it was just kind of like, eh, they went on and did other things. And as that board died, it gave life to all the fans, which would be like us, right, that were very, very much still interested in wrestling in general. And that's what the GBYWN became. It became pretty much the, the ones that were still doing it and the ones that were coming up. But it was just now it was their time to carry that torch on. I don't think there's any back in wrestling like there was then. I think the, the, it's, it, it died with the, G, the BYW uh, link. It went under the GBYWN. And then when the GBYWN died, it died. It died. And it died hard. Yeah, it's uh, done and dead. Because I have every once in a while, I've gone on YouTube and just looked up back in wrestling. And I just keep finding our shit. That's it. That's, there's no new stuff coming up. Like I'm sure, I'm sure there is people out there that still do backyard wrestling. Like that's never going to go away. It was so different, and I think the reason it was different when we did it, and the in the the ones that did it before us when they did it, is because 
it was it was so much harder I think to I think there was like a sense of fulfillment and it was a little harder to put on so there was like this sense of accomplishment that went with it now I feel like it's very easy for you and your friends to get together and like run a stream and have all this high-end production value and all that stuff like that like you could be an internet fed and it's like it just doesn't require as much effort then I felt like you had to become part of a community and by becoming part of a community it actually gave you a sense of fulfillment and a sense of like belonging like a community aspect to it right there's so many so many people so many people that we met through these forums that like we just hit it off with and became such good friends with that like we're still really good friends with them to this day like almost 10 plus years you know I owe everything removed. I've ever gotten in wrestling from to the back at wrestling like because if it wasn't for that I wouldn't have met half the like literally a month doesn't go by where I don't interact or work with someone that I've seen on that board that's pretty wild it's fucking crazy like just like what two weeks ago I wrestled Ricky Champagne and Tony Deppen <laughs> yeah like total backyard wrestling match right there Tonight, like with fucking tech dudes. Yeah, they they were uh, backyard boys. Um, so let's transition then into. So we, you know, you guys posted on the backyard wrestling link for a while. Uh, you guys wrestled together. Talk about talk about Castro. Talk about how you met Craig, and got it you guys started wrestling together as as the fwa the freelance wrestling association uh if you can guess where freelance wrestling got his name from freelance wrestling alliance alliance oh alliance. yeah no no sorry alliance it, so my tale of back wrestling i actually searched pretty young i was actually seventh grade <laughs> me and my friends had a, a mattress hidden next to these tennis courts in crosswood illinois and we would have spare weapons back there and we would just get in there, just beat the shot at each other. Ended up coming to an end because Park District Force like found it and just threw it away. Years yeah, later, I got years later I got in high school, and I think around 2004, um, I, I met this girl. Uh, she will name nameless because Craig does not like her at all. Uh, she was going out with a, a, a friend of ours who uh, who was a backyard wrestler. And Wait, uh, who was it? Who? Who was this nameless person? Becky. Ah. Yeah. Ah, damn it, Becky. And uh, she was like, yeah, come to this uh, backyard wrestling show. It's uh, in this uh, basically like a little bit of a forest next to a, like a pond. It was, we called it the spot. It was called the spot. And, and, and can you describe what the spot looked like? Basically, what the spot was, it was actually like a small uh, floating island between uh, the high school that I went to and uh, the like. It was like the back community half of the neighborhood. It was actually completely floating. It was incredible. It actually, it, it, if you uh, if you go there now, it's so broken up that it barely you can't you can't stand on it. So, what we were wrestling on was basically an island. That's pretty fucking cool. So yeah, so I'm I'm trying to find this area. Like, can't tell this is back there at all. I seen uh, two guys carrying weapons. One wearing a hockey mask. And I'm like, 
Oh yeah, these these are the guys I'm looking for. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> that's not so. Like, definitely not gonna get me murdered. and my friends drive up to the spot. We find it, and there's like maybe a dozen or more people down there. I have no. I've only know two people down there, and I'm watching this all happen. And I experienced my first backyard wrestling show, and I had my first backyard wrestling match on a base on this floating island. And uh, months later, like, was Craig there for that? Craig was there for that. Was that your first time meeting Craig? It was my, I, mm, yes, but I've been in a, I've been like in the same facility with Craig before, not knowing it, because Craig used to go to local shows and watch bands and everything. We were, uh, we've definitely crossed paths before, but to actually getting to meet and know him, that was like kind of like the first time. And, uh, I remember going there maybe one more time and it was weird cause it was like, oh, we have a show here. Oh, now we need to go to uh, a show in Oak Lawn, Illinois for his company called TWC. At the time I only did these two shows for BLWF, right? Yeah. So... Um, at the time there, okay. So before Nick ever was wrestling, uh, when I was a baby, th- this is, this is forever ago. This is like 2003. Yeah. No, yeah, I met you. I, I, I started wrestling you guys. I, I, my first match with your, your group was 2004. So we started back at wrestling in 2001 and at the time it was BLW. And then there was this un- there was this other backyard wrestling fed in the area called BWF, and then we combined with them because together we we were having trouble finding a backyard to wrestle in, and uh, <laughs> we uh, we actually like, oh, it was kind of like funny you'd have like seasons right so uh, during the winter it was really hard to run backyard shows so we we knew this guy named Andy Mejia you're gonna fucking love this uh, he had this huge master bedroom. And we what? would run backyard shows in his bedroom. What? Is there footage of this? Dude, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> Holy I shit. I swear to God, like, you were, anybody listening to this probably thinks I'm out of my fucking mind, but like, we used to I run. I think you're out of your mind. Dude, we used to run backyard shows in this dude's, like, it was bedroom room. We used to call it, it was the BLW, which is the Beyond Limits Wrestling Federation. But during the winter, we were bedroom, like, we would call it, uh, BWF, Bedroom Wrestling Federation. And Incredible. we would run, like, not like fucking around. Like I'm talking like full fledged deathmatch wrestling in this guy's house. Holy like we would light shit, shit on fire. It was crazy. Like I, if I go back and watch the footage now, it is amazing that none of us ever got hurt. I. It is so off the wall, <laughs> bonkers. Is this on the? I can get. I can show you footage. Like the, as soon as we wrap this podcast up, I'll show you footage. Oh my god. Um. So then we would do that, and then. Like I said, BWF didn't. They didn't have a bedroom to wrestle in, so we invited them to a bedroom show. Bitches, they didn't have no bedroom. Dude, okay, there's footage of this. It is crazy. These guys are like two years older than us, so two years when you're that young is a big difference, right? Like oh, if yeah. you're 13 and someone's 15, oh like, yeah, very much difference in maturity. Teenagers, they, yeah. So um, they came to the show and they didn't know what to expect, and they they showed up. Like, thinking they were going to do, like, like, because remember, it's backyard wrestling, but we're running it like it's indie wrestling. So we're like, come in, we'll do, like, an invasion angle. We're all taking it way they, too They showed up with, like, their BWF shit, and they wanted out. Like, you know that story of Kurt Angle showing up to ECW, and he's like, I want out of this. 
dude, they showed up to this show, and we were, like, throwing each other through fucking, like, 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 fluorescent light bulbs and, like, lighting shit on fire. And, like, we had, like, these, like, crazy-ass, like, tack bats we would make. And people were bleeding all over the place and shit. They were like, what the fuck is this? Like, we don't want anything to do with this. Pussies. So they didn't wrestle on the show. They just literally, like, did not wrestle on the show. Did they and, just um, stand there and watch and then They not- just watched the whole show. Uh, there's literally a clip where uh, Mike DeGuano, he gets hit in the face by Matt Sorgan with a fluorescent light bulb, and the end flies off the end. So imagine having, like, a deathmatch show, <laughs> but in a house. And Jesus there's glass Christ. everywhere. And one of the fucking pieces of the tube flies off and almost hits this kid John in the face. And it was, like, minutes after he arrived. So he's like, I don't want anything to do with this. But they still wanted to wrestle, so we somehow convinced them to, like, work with us. And uh, we ended up becoming the BLWF, which was the worst wrestling name ever. Because you would assume, because they were, you know, the BWF, they were the um, whatever they're, oh, I know, here, I was like, our name was the BLW, so we we're Beyond Limits. They were BWF, they were something like Brexville Wrestling Federation or something like that. You would imagine, like, we would come up with a cool hybrid of the names. This is the name they settled on. Bitchin' Limits Wrestling Federation. Bitchin' Let me say that again. We were the Bitchin' Limits Wrestling Federation. Uh, I don't know. I think that might be the the best name. I I think Freelance is If you ask Justin, like Chewy Justin, he still thinks it's the worst name on the planet. Bitchin' Limits Wrestling. Bitchin' Limits. So my first two backyard wrestling matches were for the Bitchin' Limits Wrestling Federation. Oh, hell Yeah. yeah. So we combined forces with them. So now it's like 2002-ish, 2003 maybe. This is a long time ago. Like, if you think about it, this is forever ago. I was like, 13 CM years Punk old. was still wrestling for LWF. Like, that's how long ago we yeah. were fucking bitching limits wrestling federation. But what was cool about it was because we didn't give a fuck. Like, we didn't give a shit. We would wrestle anywhere. We would hold epic battle matches we would hold um like off the beaten path matches but the BL the, the BWF guys only wanted to do shows if they were in a backyard or like sort of you know what i mean like they didn't do ad hoc like random shows so basically during the week me Sylvester and Mike Duguano and then our gaggle of fucking goons would wrestle everywhere like we did these epic battle matches if you go on the the fucking back of wrestling history show there's like matches like that we would just meet and just, it wasn't like... Is that, really where, sh- is that where Two Poor for Rings comes from? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, we didn't have a venue, really, unless we wanted to do a show, you know, like, you know, if we, like, somehow, you know, convinced someone to let us use their backyard. So, we would just, we didn't want to do nothing, so we would just hold these, like, mini pop-up shows. Pop-up wrestling shows. Yeah, just, like, pop-up shows, like, at parks and, like, it, it, it was, like, hustling, you know? Like, we were, like, we needed content because we needed to post so we would just shoot whatever we could. And you're not doing this with with a ring or a base no. or anything, no God mattresses. No. You guys ground. are just fighting in the wood chips or the rubber the rubber in the like 30 tires degrees outside. Yeah, you like, guys didn't care. Yeah, so but then like <laughs> summer rolled around, so I'm thinking it's about the summer of 2002. Um and we ended up scoring this backyard with this guy named John Ryan right outside of Richards. So we were like we have a backyard now. This is amazing. And we went out and we bought posts and everything. And we ended up, 
you know, getting them into the ground. And around this time, we ran into uh, another. I, this is all important, so bear with me, guys. No, this we, is great. This we is ran into another company in the area where one of the guys went to Richards, so he went to school with me. Uh, they were called EBW. They were Extreme Backyard Wrestling, and we had heard about them, and we were like, you know, maybe we should reach out to them and see what they're all about. Uh, and at this time, we got our posts, and we thought we were big shit and everything. We go to their backyard, and they had a fucking ring. And it was like, it blew our minds. Like, these guys have a real ring. But they didn't they didn't have, like, the edge that we did. So when we, we met with them, it was almost like an ex- It sounds so crazy, but it was like an exchange. Like, they wanted to use us because we were crazier. We would do crazy things, and we would take big bumps, and... You know, we were kind of a little bit more, like, edgy. But then them, they were more of, like, safe, reserved. But they had the goods, right? They had their fucking ring. So it was kind of funny. We would do, like, these cross shows. And um, they weren't really as into it. Uh, And actually, I think about a year after meeting them, they kind of went under. And um, what we did is we acquired their guys. You guys bought them out. Yeah, we basically, like, acquired some of their guys. And uh, from then... uh, we kind of just kept the the BLWF around, but as you know, as you could start to gather, the BLWF started to become kind of, you know, it wasn't running as consistently. It, it really just became this freelancing kind of thing. So we met up with Castro. Uh, we got Castro, and I, you can see where I'm going with this. So once it seemed like a lot of the other guys were kind of doing their own thing, we ended up we were like, well, let's just create our own backyard wrestling company that basically doesn't need any kind of like confines to an area or in a backyard or in a bedroom or in a gymnasium or wherever it is we'll we'll be freelance completely freelancing so we came the freelance wrestling alliance so that way no matter where we were um no matter if it was inside outside epic battle hardcore deathmatch technical wrestling no matter what it was it just applied to all and we started that in like 2005 I want to say 2005 was Too Poor for Rings, and that was the first FWA show, which is fucking kind of crazy. That's insane. So basically that's how. So it went uh, BLW, BWF, we combined together, and then EBW came. We took their guys that stayed, and then we met TWC, and TWC ran for a while, and then they were kind of like our WCW, where like we were at WWF and they were WCW. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But, but it was convenient because the way our shows were, it would be us one week. Because TWC would only run every other week. So we would go to their show, do their show, and then we would have our own show the next week. And then the week after, it would be their show. So we would constantly be back on wrestling every weekend almost. Yeah, and we used the same guys, except for they, they had their own. And then we had our own, but then we had the cross-reference guys. Which is kind of cool. Like... It, it was like a mutual thing. Like, and by calling them to WCW, I'm not saying they're less, but I mean, like, they just were. It was a different, different, style. totally different. More like safe. Um, we were a little bit more wild. I think we were, we were definitely more onto the idea of like we would do, like, like we we had the ability to like meet up, right, and be like, hey, I have an idea. And for anyone listening to this that has ever wants to see any of this just we can share it with you but we would meet up and we'd like i have an idea like wouldn't it be kind of cool if we do a show based around this and then like we could literally just spitball an idea and then do it or like i had an idea for sylvester and was like hey what if we shoot a show where it's 
static camera angle and we just wrestle in a park at like like sunset or something like that and we were able to do that and then make like little like concept pieces out of it so it didn't have to be a whole show we had the ability to just kind of be like hey i'm gonna go to the park it'll be like round robin so instead of having like 15 people show up i could show up with castro and rockin and it could be me versus rockin rockin versus castro castro versus me and we could do those three matches and make a music video out of it and that would be our show so we were able to pump out content faster rather than like oh we got to get a whole 20 guys together get all our guys together get a roster figured out get the matches and then you'd get a lot of people bitching like i don't want to work this guy i don't want to work this guy so we got rid of all that shit and we would just do shows during the week so you could have like four shows in a week but they were just really small and you were just wrestling because you loved wrestling yeah. you guys all just wanted to wrestle you yeah didn't there care is about anything else so much wrestling that never see the light of day mainly because we just we didn't even bother to film it we You're didn't even like, yeah we're gonna just, have these matches we went out and we would just do matches and i think that's a big reason why like whenever you know wrestling gets really fun now and I get that feeling. It always reminds me of those times because I think what made that time so much more fun was it was it was kind of like on the fly. It wasn't like even though we were able to come together and kind of spitball ideas, the ideas would happen and then we would shoot the content so quickly and we were proud of it rather than having to like overthink it and like, you know, making sure that it was put in front of a big audience or anything like that. Like now, like when like for example when freelance does something and it just happens and it's really fun that's really fun to me instead of having to like you know go through the red tape of making sure that everybody will like it or you know making sure that other people are on board and if they you know like you got to always make sure like everybody has so many feelings about like is it good for me is it good for them i don't want to do this then everybody was just so excited just to be doing something together as a group that it, w- at the end of the day it didn't matter who was good or who was bad or who looked good doing it or who looked bad doing it we were able to get together you know, film a bunch of different stuff because we like to do it, and then it was, you know, content. You were able to release content onto these boards, and uh, you get like, you know, like people were not so, I guess, hypercritical on the GBWN, but maybe on the BWN they were a little bit more uh, critical. But it was <laughs> nice to still be able to share content because basically what you were trying to do is you were trying to create more art. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say it's it's almost as if like. Backyard wrestling is like, was like the true art of wrestling because of, you know, we're not doing it for money. We're, we're not doing it for, you know, fame even. It was literally just because we loved wrestling and like we just wanted to share that love with, with other people that, sh- that shared that love with us and, and just, you know, be, it, uh, just share love to each a, other. It was an excuse to just hang out with your friends, uh, do a couple of stupid spots and just... Record if we did, and if we didn't, it's whatever. We're still wrestling. We're still we're still hanging out, having fun. We just we felt it in our hearts. I no. liked. Oh, I was gonna say like I liked that people were like more inclined to try creative things too. So it we if you remember for better or sh- for worse. Yeah, like and I think like if you watch some of those shows, like some of the things might not be so clean, like like very innovative spots or whatever. But it was like the idea of like you knew where they were going and what they were trying to accomplish, and there was a sense of appreciation for the path it took to get there, and that was what was cool. Like, yep. and it was it was easier to say you would do it than to actually do it. And anybody that actually took the chance to do it, it was very much appreciated. Like, outside of the box thinking and stuff like that. We did try to make our things like 
seemed more better and crisps. I remember even you guys at one point were joining us. We were go to we would go to a, a, a flip gym, a gymnastic gym. Oh yeah. For like open house and it'd be it'd, it would be weird because it was Practice. like it was six dollars for like an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. And we, foam pit, a bunch of crash pads, anything. We were doing like wall flips like and everything. Back at wrestling practice. Yeah, basically. Pretty much. And shoot, we would just take advantage of what we can. We became flippy guys at one point, but <laughs> we would still kind of do chain wrestling at this place. And pe- I remember the guys who were, uh, some of the people who were, uh, the workers there, like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, we're just, you know, we're, we're back at wrestlers. We're just, you know, messing around. Like, oh, you guys are just stuntmen then. We're like, oh, yeah, that gets us away with doing all this stuff in here. So we would, so we did all this stuff, and we, you know, we ran our shows, and we became the FWA, and we were doing the freelance stuff, and uh, the the BYW link was dying, so it was like 2007 at this point. Um, So a lot of years of us, like, gaining momentum, I guess you could say, on, I, I mean, I don't know if that's a douchey thing to say, but I think we gained momentum on the internet. Like, no, I, I think that's that's a pretty um, fair I, I thing like, to say. It started dying because everything that's could be big and possible in backcar wrestling happened. Like I remember, uh, they did a BY Week that happened. That is right. Like so, that's exactly the timeline I'm speaking. So like 2007, like BYW Link was having like its biggest biggest blow off, which is BYW Link or Backyard Week or whatever it was, which was essentially like every big backyard show leading up to backyard fest 10 and we were not a part of that we were still a little on the young side but we did get to partake in uh midwest fest 3 that year and then we also did another show but um we were gaining i guess like we were like on the underground coming up we were we were you know we were trying to you know find our footing in what would be the next generation of backyard wrestling as they were heading out and uh coming out of that year so the transition from 2007 to 2008, um, you noticed the back at wrestling link took a, a second, you know, like, you know, like they just took a second to kind of figure its way out. I guess a lot of those guys made their transitions to the indies and then us, we were starting to become of that age about where they were when they took off. So now we were kind of taking it where they left off. We were starting to travel a bit more and, um, that's when the GBWN kind of became a thing. And then um, for us, it was kind of like this weird transition where we knew that we were the new generation of backyard wrestling, but it was you didn't have the infrastructure behind it now. So we didn't have like the awesome BYW lane because it was dying out. So we had to pretty much start all over with the GBWN. Right, it's right. Like we saw what we would need to do. Yeah. We just didn't have a uh, platform to perform it. That's exactly what it was. So when we first got on the GWN, and I know this is kind of like we're well, hold, like let's backpedal for a second before we get to that. Yeah. Uh, so we completely glossed over the story of how I even met you guys in the that first. That I was trying place. to find my way there. And so let's just, just get there. Okay. So let's say okay. This the year is 2008. I would say it was the winter of 2008. Winter of 2008. Um, Myself, uh, Kenny Sutra, uh, Alex Olson, a uh, couple of names you might recognize from freelance. Uh, we we grew up on the uh, near near where Craig and, and, and Castro uh, grew up as well. Uh, and and you know what? It's kind of insane to think of how many like 
small like backyard wrestling feds were like around in that area like like the like you guys named you named like four different ones that I didn't even know about uh, in that little story but but then also we existed uh, in in Bridgeview and you know our, our wrestling group was called the BWA Bridgeview Wrestling Association and and we wrestled mostly on a, on a trampoline you know we I think we started around 2005 uh, 2005 ish uh, we were on the trampoline for a couple of years and then um, one winter we just didn't want to stop wrestling so I had acquired a bunch of like gym gymnastic mats that we had in my basement and, and at the time my basement was unfinished and uh, we would just like set it up down there and just like like have matches down there and on the mats and it sucked because it was like very thin mats on the concrete floor and 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 I remember looking or I was watching TV and there was a an episode for a television show on MTV called MTV's Busted, uh, which was essentially a show about like oh like people like you know get in trouble with the cops and then they show these like dramatizations or whatever of 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 what they had to do or whatever and there was an episode on backyard wrestling and i'll let you explain that i'll let you explain the story behind that in a sec um but it's funny because i see it, i see that and i'm like holy shit that's an oak lawn that's like that's like five minutes from my house so i like googled it and like found uh Sil- sylvester our friend that, that that wrestled with you guys and uh, I found his his MySpace page. It just said "as seen on MTV's Busted," and I like I messaged him and I was like, "Hey, you know, we wrestle here. Do you guys want to like come over and wrestle with us?" And uh, that day, you guys all came over to my my parents' basement and we like met for the first time. And and yeah, that was crazy. So, but but to back up again, MTV's Busted. How did this happen? Why did this happen? And do you have any great stories about being on MTV? I uh, I remember this vividly. So what happened? Uh, back to that company we used to wrestle for in the area as well, TWC. Uh, they had one of their their biggest shows, their big big show, their their WrestleMania basically. It's an all day thing, and uh, we had the show. Nice little cookout afterwards. Fourth of July, right around that time. Uh, I think something like that. Yeah, or it was some like. Uh, American holiday. Um, it was Memorial Day. Yeah, Memorial, Memorial Day bash. Day. Yeah, that's, that's what the show was. And the the show happened. It was all said and done. We we're still hanging out a little bit. And uh, an Oaklawn uh, police officer rolled up, asking, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" I'm like, oh, we're just back at wrestling. I'm like, we're done now. Like, we're not doing anything like stupid or anything. I'm like, oh, we got a. I got like a. TV crew with us. Can can we shoot some things? We're like, oh yeah, sure. So these guys come out, about two professional cameras, a lady basically just talking to us about everything. And uh, she's like, yeah, if you guys want to show us a couple things, like, you know, we'll, we'll record it if that's cool. We're like, yeah. So we start doing all this stuff. Just normal, just back at wrestling. At the time, uh, TWC actually had a 12 by 12 like training ring where you would wrestle on. It, it was it was a low setting tra- training ring, twelve foot by twelve foot. Pretty hard to wrestle in, but we still managed to pull it off. And uh, you know, the question was asked, like, what what is this for? It's like, oh, we're just um, recording stuff for a show on on MTV. We're like, whoa, that's insane! Like, that's great. So they recorded us for maybe like half hour, hour, and uh, they took some information from Jason, the guy who ran TWC, and they were off. Uh, the following, uh, the next show, 
uh, they contacted Jason and said they want to record more stuff with us, and they want us to they want to put us on MTV. So like heck yeah. So uh, we were waiting. They kept on getting pushed back because of just you know complications and whatnot. But eventually they came back. They came back. Uh, full camera crew. Uh, all of us who were participating in this show had to sign a waiver to just pay for release, like our likeness and just all this footage. And uh, we were compensated for, for uh, all our time as well, which was pretty cool. And uh, it was the first time I was ever paid to wrestle. Yeah. First time we were ever paid to wrestle, we were back at wrestlers. I believe the ages of like 18 and 19 on MTV. So. Yeah, I think it might have even been a little younger. I think I might have been more like seventeen. I was still in high school. Yeah, I'm, I'm a year old. I'm only a year old in the Craig, so pretty sure that was yeah, so around seventeen, eighteen. Yes, I believe so. Because I was telling like kids at school like, oh, this is happening. Like this is, this is I'm gonna be on MTV. It was so so to like speak to what you said. It was kind of weird. Like the first time they came out, it was like they were scouting. I'm sure that's exactly well, what it was. Well, they were like they got so what they were doing was they were filming in the area. I guess they had got someone for speeding. Because that's another episode they aired on the show. It was someone speeding, like, through by the mall area over there. And when they came through and were scouting, it was kind of strange. And then, as you would imagine, the first time was 100% more genuine. And then when they came back, it was super not genuine. It was, like, the worst acting on the planet. Amazing. But what I love even more about the acting is that that cop actually is that way in person. He is the most awkward human being I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I run into him all the time. That still? Cop, I see him all the time. Does he still, rep- he still remember? Knows me. I ran into him at hey, White Castle. Me and, Amy, Craig. me and Amy ran into him at White Castle, like, maybe when we first started dating. Uh, I still see him since. But I remember we ran into him, and he was like, hey. And he's like, you still do that wrestling stuff? And I remember having to, like, like kind of answer that question but like somehow like dignify it more because as like a like a mid 20s you know at that time like a 25 year old man I like couldn't allow myself to get him to leave that conversation thinking I still did TWC as 25 <laughs> so I had to like upsell it a you little bit you had to show bit. him some pictures well that like... was when freelance really started so I had to like upsell it a little bit but it was kind of funny like so they came back and basically um, they filmed it the way MTV films everything now, like super terribly, super terribly. It was it was like when people come up to me to like this day, like old my old friends who who saw that back in the day, they're like, "How did that go?" I'm like, "It was staged." Like that was bullshit. Oh. Everything was fucking. The first one was not though. So the first time when they came scouting, it's like they were filming with him, and then on the police scanners, like someone legit did make that call. And he came to investigate it with the crew. It was like live PD the first time, and then like shitty Monty Python movie the second time. <laughs> like it was bad the second time. But the first time it was like a genuine like, hey, we heard like fireworks. And it was like, no, it was a wrestling ring. And then, oh, okay, let me just make sure everybody's cool here. All right, I'll see you guys later. The second time was like, oh, hey guys, um, let me check some Let IDs. Check some IDs. Like it was like super fucking. Making dumb. sure that the cop looking like the cops are doing their jobs. Uh but, but yeah, that and it, so it's funny you bring that up because I, this entire conversation, have kind of forgot exactly how we met you. And isn't that insane that like, literally the the reason I met you guys is because of MTV. 
and like seeing you guys on there and yeah i still remember like the day you guys came and we were like we showed up you guys showed up to my house it was you guys and sly and it was me domi and i feel like olsen might have been there too um x. is x there x, x was, was there uh, my buddy mike uh and and like we just we we had a match it was like me and dominic and we're just like we didn't know anything about wrestling you guys were just straight up just shooting on each other uh so but like growing up like kenny sutra and i uh we did all we did was shoot wrestling um and so when we met you guys like i remember you guys were just like um did you guys just like not call any spots and just like and I was just like, I remember just looking at one of you guys and just being like, what's, what do you mean? What's calling a spot? Like, I had no idea about, like, how wrestling worked at all. I remember that was, like, the weirdest thing, too, because we got there and I think we, like, started the show, like, legit, like, 10 minutes after we got there. Like, there was no, like, it was like, hey, this is what we have. And we were like, that's fine. And, like, little did you know that, like, we have wrestled on less. So, <laughs> yeah. like, we got there and pretty much just geared up. And we geared up. And you guys were just like, all right. And you guys just started wrestling. You didn't plan anything. You just, you both just went behind a door. And then you just hit the music and you guys just came out <laughs> and just did a match. And, like, fucking how, hilarious. was it insane, like, to, to watch this? Like, yeah, because we were watching this. And I was literally watching you like dropping shoot, Kenny Sutra on his fucking head. Shoot suplexing him. Just, just grab it. And it was but it was weird because like we knew, like we knew what we were gonna do, like when we grabbed each other. But like we didn't say anything. Like we didn't tell like I didn't tell him I'm gonna suplex you. I just grabbed him and he knew it was coming. And then he just knew how to how to fall for it. And the same thing for him for me with him. And we neither one of us ever got hurt and, and just it was just like we we were able to communicate just through body language and yeah. i think that's incredible <laughs> i i just remember though that like right after you guys went me and sylvester like went and did like a short match and it blew our fucking minds and it's funny because if you go back and watch that like sylvester gives me probably one of the greatest like half nelson german suplexes i've ever taken in my life, just in my basement. Yeah, and it's like, a, if you watch, isn't it a hard ass German? Do you know? What Do you I'm have the about? footage from that yeah. show, yeah. dude? I don't think I've ever seen dude, that. Dude, he gives me this half Nelson German suplex. It is so fucking hard. <laughs> I like land so hard, and knowing now what I, you know, what I wish I knew, like I would never take that now. Like God, with that so short dangerous. little bit of yeah, I just would just like, oh yeah. A half, like, and not like a snap one, not a basement one. I'm talking like full extension. That's insane. Um, Gym mats on concrete. Yeah, yeah. It was not soft. It's not even like anything. There was no give. It was just soft. But it didn't have give though. Like every bump took the wind out of you. Every one of them. That's insane. So, this is about 2000. Eight, I would say, right? And yeah. this is right around the time that I, you know, or that we, that you know, we all connected, and and then we were just like, okay, cool. 
And then, what, like you, you, guys, you were talking about before with FWA, you guys would just bounce around to different parks and do shows at different parks. So then we just kind of like started doing that with you guys. Like we would just like, it'd be like Tuesday and be like, all right, we're going to meet up at this park here over by my house or by your house, Craig. And, and like, you know, there's, it's just like tire, uh, you know, chopped up tires is the, is the, not, is the, yeah. the not the backtrack, but at one point we did have a base for a little while and then we lost it because I guess the city found out we had this base in this backyard and said, hey, you can't keep this back here because what a base is made out of is stacked tires, plywood, carpet padding, and tarp. And I guess according to uh, the city of, I believe it was Chicago Ridge, yes. you can't have uh, just tires in your backyard. No, you can't have them. They're like a hazard. But not to like completely sidetrack because we'll get right back to where we're going with this, but it is kind of crazy. Like, to kind of wrap up the spot like with us because we didn't have any guidelines of where we could wrestle like we just did whatever the fuck we wanted to do and that's how we got that spot (laughs) like it would be like every show was somewhere different you know and we didn't have like an arena you know everybody has like a yard they get like they call their home or something like that we just yeah fucking wherever we could fit a match in we actually have a show and it starts and it ends in three spots because we couldn't keep the show going. So basically the show, I, and this is 100% true. I wish Sylvester was here because he would love to explain this. We started the show at this kid Dustin's house. Castro knows him. He played football with him. And we, uh, we started a show at his house and the cops came. And then we moved the show to Tom's house, which is down the road. All on the, the same day. All on the same day. And then the cops came again. And then we're like, fuck, we cannot have this show in Alsip. It just won't work. Because it was the town of Alsip. So basically, we packed everyone up, our base and everything. We threw it in the back of a truck. Because keep in mind, like, these shows we were doing drew. We had, like, maybe 40 people at this show. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot of people for a fucking backyard show. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of bodies in general. Just that's 40, 40 fans plus the guys on the show. So we all packed everything up and we went to Bridgeview. And this is 2006. And we moved the show to Deguano's backyard. Do you remember that, Castro? Or were you not? I was not wrestling with you guys at the time. I have rest- I had did wrestle with you guys, but I just wasn't in communication with anybody to get to you guys at, like, at any show, really. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And basically we moved. This show happened in three different areas. It was crazy. That's insane. Over how many hours? It took a whole day. The last match went on at nighttime. That's insane. Uh, so, where were we backtracking to, or backtracking from? About where the random places we ended up wrestling with each other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so it parts. was it was you guys, like you guys would have your shows, and we would come wrestle with you. But we would still have our shows, and then you guys would come wrestle with us as well. Yeah, I remember we like invited you guys to a couple shows, and it was always like kind of funny, like. Like, we, like, and not by shows. I mean, like, they weren't full fledged. We would just invite you guys to, like, come, like, wrestle, like, at the park or something. And I remember they were always just really weird. Like, it'd be like, all right, we're going to, like, meet up here and, like, we'll just do, like, a round robin thing. And I remember you guys, like, were like, what? Like, what the fuck? Just very confused. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'll wrestle you. You wrestle him. And he'll wrestle you. And then, like, we'll film it all and then we'll make a music video out of it. And, like, that's how we did things. And then we we started doing the shows like in my in my parents' backyard, which was not a very big yard. 
Um, no, but it was it was still fun. And it then was a I good little it was a good little spot, especially with our with with our little makeshift base, uh, with all the fucking uh, pads that we took we had we'd gotten from that elementary school, um, and then that because that was like the winter into that spring when we were doing that in, in my backyard, and then that summer was coming up, and it, like it was like I remember we like had like a day where we all we, I think we all came over to your house, Craig, or something, or maybe you guys came to mine. And we like, I remember we sat down and we were just like, so this summer we should build a base. And I was like, what? And it was like, we should do global domination. Well, I don't think we, I don't know if global domination was on the table at that point, but I, but definitely base building was, was on the table for sure. I think because we got kicked out of that park, I found us. Oh yeah. Because remember the, uh, I think it was like at 103rd in Cicero. Yeah, I think I I fucking dubbed it like the FWA grounds because it was a park with rubber tire mulch and the mulch was it was our it was FWA colors it was our colors were like a dark blue and black and white and that's what the mulch was made out of I remember randomly going to this park at night with my girlfriend at the time and I I stepped on the mulch and I was like this is rubber mulch and it was bouncy and I was like wait a minute and in front of my girlfriend and all her friends I flip bumped and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, that feels fucking amazing. I found us this fucking park. And this <laughs> park had a bunch of awesome swings. It had like a mini cliff, like rock wall. Yeah, like a we rock climb, we, wall. We eventually just climbed on and jumped off. Dude, how crazy is it that Rockin' gave Domi a fucking emerald fusion off the top, off of, that the top of that rock under the ground? Dude. This thing was at least like... I want to say <laughs> all of us. It was at least like eight feet tall, dude. It is from ground insane to top. Insane that he gave him that, and Domi took it. It's there's a video of he that. He just too. agreed to it, and the park is still there, like it's oh. the same way. And I remember, like, oh, remember when I got split open the hard way? Like I felt like was it, it was, that I, day too? I, no, no, no. It was like I think two shows after that because we were there for a while still before we got we fucking did, kicked did out. About six shows there. I remember it was me and Craig versus you and Kenny Sutra. And is that the show where you guys kept telling me to do the moonsault off the top of the rock thing? I, and I was like, and I don't. Also, th- is something you did do. I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like I just didn't know if I've never did. I never did a backflip before. And you were just like, yeah, just do it. And so we, I kept going up and like just jumping, but like side flipping and like. Like just eating shit and then just going back up there and trying it again and then eating shit again, <laughs> insane. I I just remember the damage. I I found like a small little tiny piece of concrete, like it was under under like a, a swing. I was like, yo, just DDT me onto this. Like we'll get it like on camera. And I think Sly was doing the camera at the time. I took the DDT fine, but my head still made contact with the concrete and it split me open a little bit and it actually looked pretty good. It's just. Those were some weird shows. Those were so we had what maybe two of those shows before Global Domination. Yeah, that I could remember. And then I know Global Domination happened, and then I, I think Global Domination kicked off that summer in June. And that was like so the year prior to that, and this is before we met you guys, um, with our group BWA. Uh, it was our third year anniversary show, and. I, I don't know how how I made this happen but so I 
I, I talked to the, the Justice Park District and got them to allow us to rent out their pavilion area outside in, in, the, in, the, in the park to do a wrestling show. Uh, they did not ask me for insurance. They, did, they didn't ask any questions. I'll, it cost $20 to rent that, that area for the entire day. So that was easy. But then I just remember being like, okay, I want to do it in a ring. How do I get a ring? And I don't know. I don't. I, mean, I must have just Googled it. And I found rentawrestlingring.com. And our good old friend, Hardcore Harry, a.k.a. Merle Ramsey, who is the wrestling ring guru of all, uh, probably all of wrestling at this point, uh, mainly in the Midwest. But if you're, if there's a show in the Midwest wrestling area, um, this guy's bringing his rings there for everything. He does every single freelance show, but that's how I met Merle was he brought the ring to our backyard wrestling show at that park that I was just like, we, I, it's so hard to explain like it was just like we we presented it as like a real show with like we did we filmed like promos and stuff out in the ring for no one there's no one there for this it's just for us and like but we presented it as such a fucking production and i just remember like that day he's like we're, we set the ring up and everything and like that's le- legitimately the first time i have ever stepped foot inside of a professional wrestling ring and he's just like <laughs> okay uh, well, I guess I should teach you guys how to run the ropes and bump so you don't kill yourselves in my ring. So, like, he, that morning, taught us how to how to basically run the ropes and bump and, and you know, protect ourselves and stuff. And and then we had a whole show. And then then that that's, like, that was that was what I did. My That was, like, my senior year of high school. That's what I did uh, instead of going to prom. No, no, sorry. That was, that was my junior year. So my senior year is like that was when when global nomination happened, and that was after I met you you guys, and we all planned the super big super show with all the GBYWN guys, uh, the four shows in two days, uh, and I I remember instead of going to prom, I saved all my money up like that, and I, I think I had to borrow money from my sister too just to rent this wrestling ring, and uh, and I made T-shirts for everybody. <laughs> Do you remember the T-shirts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I, I still have one. I found one in my closet like recently. You should definitely hang on. I'm going to post a picture of it on, should, on social media. You should frame that sucker. I, you know what? It, it's I bet you still so, have the file somewhere, right? I'd, mm, I, I, maybe. On my hard drive, I probably do. Um, you should remake those shirts. That's so crazy. It's so crazy to think about that, though. That, that, like, that day, too so many people that like like we were talking about this like walking up and it was like oh hey there's the pen name there's Devin Bliss like these are like guys that like we talked to online but this is the first time ever meeting him in person we're like insomniac or whatever insaniac insaniac (laughs) oh this guy from Louisiana we guys from New York New Jersey didn't know he was coming they just showed up and it was just like okay cool uh wild wild and then like so that like that kicked off the summer of 2009 still to this day one of the best summers of my life um just such an easy time like all we had to carry about like i had a shitty job working at a, as a janitor at a school craig you worked at jewel castro you work at a, in a factory right the worst the worst the worst jobs but like all we cared about was was wrestling so we would literally like we would just we live we worked and lived to, to wrestle 
and like we would spend our money on these on these trips we would you know we'd drive to ohio we would drive to pittsburgh we would drive to iowa st louis all these other places and just like but it because all it in got, the summer too which all is this, yeah all in the summer and like into the fall and even into the winter because we wrestled in january in ohio in a fucking barn good but god it, like that global domination like kicked everything off to the races like global domination happened and then everybody at, at that point everybody like came there and like met each other and it was like next the next week we were in in iowa or sorry in, in indiana for yeah. that ICW Midwest Extravaganza show. Um, and then it just snowballed out of that. It was basically like, it re, I will say single-handedly, the Global Domination, um, was it four? That was Global Domination four? Global Domination was the, f- was the four-year anniversary. Yeah. So that show, I think, single-handedly is responsible for the resurgence of backyard wrestling on the GBYWN. As far as Super Show. After, after the... Uh, after the after the link died, I I that's that's the way I think of it at least you know like because like it was a very it wasn't the best show in the world but it was it was extremely important I believe it made everybody super excited and like wanting to do more and I think that's and that's what happened is like then it was like and it, and, th- and then a lot of these matches too we were having it was just to top each other it was like yo let's go out there and have this fucking crazy match and try to have like the best match on the show. And then, like, the next Super Show, somebody would be like, okay, now we're going to try to fucking top that shit. And then yeah. the next show, somebody else would try to top that shit. And it just, it created this, like, really fun... Competitive. Uh, yeah, competitive nature to it. But it was fun competitive. Fun competitive. It wasn't like, nobody was trying to be a dick. It was just like, dude, we just wanted to have these cool fucking matches and, like, hang out with our bros and, and just chill, you know? It, if you think about it, though, what the, the craziest thing about it, I mean, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but... You know, that summer was so packed. Like, we did so much that summer. And then going into the next year, we tried to do it again. And it just didn't work. And it literally led right into pro wrestling for us. Pretty much at that point. Because the en- at the end of uh, 2009... At the end of 2009, we were training. Yeah. Yeah, we had already started training... Um, but like, and still doing some backyard wrestling stuff, but we, not not like a, not like a ton. We did like a handful of more super shows that were still kind of successful. Oh yeah, we did we did shows, but it was like we had started training and we had like our eyes on indie wrestling, and we were I wouldn't say falling out of it, but it just definitely felt like we had a crossroads where it was like, all right. At this point, it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen for us to start getting trained, and we need to either like make this happen right now or it's probably not going to happen. Like you know what I mean? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been wise to wait. Right. We were all like at the peak of our excitement, you know. It literally, it literally all just happened at the at the right time in our lives, and uh, God, it's 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 insane to think about how much. Not just wrestling, but like backyard wrestling, shaped all of our lives, and like it, it literally like you guys met, you guys met because of backyard wrestling. I met both of you because of backyard wrestling. Uh, we met a lot of our friends because oh, of backyard. A wrestling. lot of yeah, a lot of our close friends because of backyard wrestling, and like it's really awesome to think about that, and like 
you know, how many other people in this world can say that, like, they met all these people through the internet and, like, became such good friends with them? Um, it's just, it's, it's such a weird, like, funny subculture in our, in our existence, this backyard wrestling thing. And, like, you know, how many, how many, like, how, like, how many fucking shows did we go to? Like, a like, lot. And, and, and not even just go to, but, like, like, you guys, we would do the pop-up shows and stuff. We would wrestle, like, every day. Literally every day if we could. We got to a weekly basis at one point. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely wrestling once a week. And I know that sometimes we would do the pop-ups, and then we would do, you know, every super show we did was usually multi-day. At least and, two days, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I think that's, like, it was so fun. It didn't feel like a lot. But now that, like, you go back and, like, especially when I went to, like, archive a lot of the footage, I was like, oh, shit. Like, there is so much. Like, so many shows. So many shows. And with every show, there was a lot of, you know, it's crazy. Like, you watch an indie show now, and one of the biggest complaints is that there's not a lot of variety. There's a lot of people doing the same moves. But, you know, but like we had a little bit of that, but there was still so much more diversity on those shows than I ever remember. Like people had like their own like signature feel and move and like everybody had their own. It's crazy because I didn't even think about it until you go back and review it. Everybody had their own shit. They had characters. Yeah, so, it was kind of cool. factions and even though they're like, Do you remember the dumb. faction wars? Oh my God, there's a ton of factions like, in GYWN. What was people, it? It was uh, Dark Star. And it's, uh, what was the other one? There was Darkstar. There was CCK. CCK. Uh, there was us. Yeah, FYF. We, FYF. Fuck your faction. Uh, there was the one from Iowa. I win. I win. And then there was the one from Indiana. What was the Indiana one? And then there was just Kentucky. But, like, the thing is, like, Kentucky. anybody that's not in the inn might think, oh, it's stupid. Like, faction. But it was, like, fun. It was, f- it was insane. Because it was, like... It was like a, it was a work, but it, we but we just like played it off as like real life. Yeah, it was <laughs> if really fun. That makes fun. any sense. I can't remember what that Indiana faction was. They were, they had a good look. Remember, they all had like the shoulder, like the the, mm. the arm pads and everything. Well, that was, Nick was in that. Boy, what? Oh, Awakening. Oh, the Awakening. Yeah, that's what it was. That was the Awakening. That was like the the idea of that group was that it was like all of the cornerstones of the GBYWN era of backyard wrestling and it was it was pretty cool to like to be to be a part of that i still have my my armband somewhere it was just like i think it was just fun because it it felt like at the time it was important to us and i think that's all that matters well, yeah, but no, but it, it it was so important to us, and it still is. Like I think about it, so I think back on on it so fondly all the time, and I mean, like we've been recording for almost like two hours, just talking and rambling on about this. That like I'm sure, I'm sure some people are gonna listen to this and be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" But other people might listen to it and just be like, "This is legitimately like a super entertaining story about like." growing up in like this weird wrestling culture you know it is exactly the reason why things are kind of the way they are now and why freelance started the way it did definitely like that same feeling of camaraderie and and just having fun man like it's there's so much 
like in wrestling that like makes it not not fun anymore and just any excuse to like just enjoy wrestling for 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 wrestling and like not have to worry about bullshit and just like enjoy it you know it's Ooh. awesome it kind of it and, that, and that's what i love about like freelance and like you know uh bizarro lucha and fucking beyond and fast and you know all these other companies that they just like kind of like have that same mentality you know and that that same like feeling of just like this is this is fun you know what, what i like and uh craig can attest to this as well is guys from overseas when they come to America, we don't realize who they are because we were like, it's years later. Like, when Progress came over to America and we went up and met like a couple of the guys from Progress because we were actually friends of them, we started to realize, yo, we've been watching these guys for years and we're just meeting them now. This is who they are. Yeah, and that that was okay. So that was super weird. I, you weren't. Blood. Were you with us, Nick? No, I was dying. Oh my god! So I had gone home at the so, point. I was sick. So that was that was probably the highlight of last year for me. Is like so progress comes here, and like we were already like we're pretty good friends with like Mark and Pete. You know, like we already knew them, and they they knew us from like the backyard wrestling stuff. So like that didn't seem so weird. But when we were all talking to those guys and actually finding out that like. Like, a few of them were other Link guys, and then they figured out who we were. And there was, like, this really weird thing where it was, like, holy shit, like, I totally remember you from Backyard Wrestling. Like, and, like, it just clicked. And you could see it went from being, like, oh, yeah, we share this common thing because we both are pro wrestling. And, like, we're both, like, you know, on the indies right now. It was, like, oh, you're different because, yeah, we're both wrestling right now, but you have definitely gone through something that I... Like, I was a fan of, and only you now know exactly what I know. You know, it was like this kind of like... It's like another level of the brotherhood. Yeah, know. so like, like I completely, completely did not know that Flash Morgan Webster was Napalm. And when I found out that he was Napalm from uh, BBYWF or whatever the fuck they were from the UK, I almost lost my fucking mind. Because <laughs> I did not know that. And... Um, the other guy that was here, I did not know that was PNB from YWF or whatever that company was in Australia. Mm-hmm. And when I found out it was him and I go, are you PNB? Like the look on his face was significantly different. <laughs> like he was like, I've never had anybody like actually reach out to me like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like a different level. The it confusion was not an, in his face. Yeah. It was not an awkward thing. It was not like a... It was like I, I got to completely bypass all of the getting to know somebody because it was like, oh, you're one of us. That's exactly what it felt like. And like, I think that's really cool because I've always known, like, I, I remember, like, I always knew who Flash Morgan Webster was. Like, I already knew who he was. I knew he yarded, but I had no clue. And then when I found out he was Napalm, for some reason, it, like, made him familiar. And, like, I think that's the same thing with, like, those guys and us. Like, they know us through backyard wrestling. Like, rather than, like, they meet us and they see our work now. Like, it almost, like, it bypasses the, like, the appreciation for what we do now. It actually just jumps into, like, this extra appreciation because they also did and were there during all the other stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy how 
how wide and vast this web of backyard wrestling uh, brotherhood, I, you know, for the lack of a better term, um, how far it, it, it goes, you know, like we're, we're, we're fucking everywhere. Yeah. I think right now the current generation of most guys that um, are either super established or on the up and coming, I would say a large percentage of them were either on the link, on the GBOWN, or somehow intertwined with all of them. It's like, so you can't go far. You like at least any show worth a damn seeing right now. There's at least one guy on the show. It's crazy. It's it's crazy, and and it's like it had. I mean, I know backyard wrestling had such a negative, uh, you know, light shed on it with how like the blood and guts, you know, backyard wrestling kind of like ruin almost ruined things for everybody. But uh, and it had like such a negative stigma on it, like in wrestling as well. You know, people like you know yarders. You know, oh, that guy's a yarder. It was used as such a negative word. And, but like so many of us came up through that way. And like, if you think about it, like, what's so, you know, it, it's something that we love and something that we, you know, we wanted to, to, to be a part of uh, growing up. And, you know, naturally, you know, you, you imitate what you see. And I know that they have the commercials that say, do not try this at home because they don't want to get sued. But, you know, what is, what's the difference between doing, like, backyard wrestling as opposed to, like, hey, we're going to have a pickup football game because we love playing football or a pickup basketball game. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. You it's need the to, same you, damn thing. You need to train. You need to practice to do something like that. Yeah. And guess what? You can't really, like, the most training and practice you can get is you go to high school. You go to, like, a community college. Guess what? We can do that, too. There were days... Where there would be like, uh, shoot, I remember Windy City would do like you know, weekends where like, oh, come train with us for the weekend at a fantasy camp. They do that for football. They do that for baseball. They do that for basketball as well. What's the difference? There isn't any. I think, and, and like it's the same idea as like, if you were to, you know, get together with your friends and you were to be like, you know, playing basketball or something like that, and you did it because you liked it. And then that like developed into the idea of like, maybe I could be pretty good at this. And then you join a team. Like, I think that's honestly the same steps. It's just different for wrestling. So you like it. If you're like 15 and like you imitate it and you want to have fun with your friends doing it, the only way you can honestly ever do that is through some type of like backyard wrestling medium. And I get it's dangerous. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it was honestly the greatest thing I ever did. And I think it was it was the best choice for me, because um, it taught me how to, you know, work with another person in an efforts to create a match. So, regardless on whether I actually pursued pro wrestling or not, it was like team building more than anything. Because you were, you know, you put your life in someone else's hands. Granted, there was no training really at that point in time, but we were able to. You know, we both didn't want to hurt each other, so we both had to, you know, do the best we could to create this match or to create this, you know, story in the ring or whatever we were trying to accomplish. And we had to do it basically following the same unknown at the time guidelines that you would do when creating a match now. And we just learned in a way that I think had a little bit more of like a primitive feel. And I think that's why when we started training uh, in 2009 it came so naturally to us as opposed to like guys that were you know maybe just working out and was like oh you know give this wrestling thing a try 
we had already had like eight years of like putting muscle together memory. matches. You know what I mean? The muscle memory. We already had it. Yeah. I look at it like this. The storytelling you see now is what people were doing in background wrestling five, six years ago. Oh yeah, I think, and the like the the things that people are like freaking out about now, like the the crazy spots or like the whole like gif nation of pro wrestling, and none of it even like really like yeah, there's stuff that pops me, but the stuff that happened in like 2005 and 2007, like the crazy things that we've seen in those days in back of wrestling. It, it's all been done already. Like, we have already seen so much innovation that, like, I think the world of, in, like, pro wrestling is still years behind. I still do. Like, I, I, it is, there is an endless library of innovation on the internet. You just got to look for it in the Backer Wrestling uh, History Channel. Okay. Well, you know, we, we're going to, we're going, we're, we're, we've gone for a, quite a bit, so I, I think I think you have anything you want to add. There's Cass? one thing that I find that's pretty awesome that I want to put in there is that in almost every major pro wrestling company there is now, there's at least one or two people from these forums that are wrestling for these companies now, and I'm talking from like WWE to like New Japan to AEW, shoot, even MLW, and all in between. There's at least in one in every single one of them right now. Like at this exact moment right now, there is one person from one of these forums in every single one of those companies right now. It's awesome. It's awesome to see that, like, the passion of professional wrestling, uh, no matter who, who it's, who, who the person is, uh, it, it, it travels, man. It travels through your whole life. And, you know, some people that, like, loved it so much that they started doing it in their backyard now are now performing in front of thousands and thousands of people every day on, and, and, and on television every week. And, you know, it's really cool. And it's, 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 a, it's, it's truly one of the beautiful things about wrestling, I think. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, we, we went pretty long on this one, I think. Um but this doesn't have to be the end of our backyard wrestling talk oh, as far a, as definitely a lot more we can cover. Oh, we, there's so much more we could talk about. Uh, I mean, we could even do, you know, watch alongs on, on, on the YouTube channel. We could do some like, uh, you know, re, uh, just w- having us watch back an old backyard match or a backyard music video and something and just kind of like talking about it. I think, I think that kind of stuff would be fun and, and cool for, for people to kind of like witness and kind of see, you know, what, like, what exactly we're talking about. So we don't sound like we're fucking maniacs and, uh, and, and just like spewing out this like crazy nonsense about stuff. It, it exists out there. It's out there and the B- BYW, uh, YouTube channel. So, uh, guys, you have anything you want to plug really quick? YouTube's or YouTube's Twitters? Uh, yeah. So I have a. Uh, it's a pretty decently organized YouTube channel that I've um, put a little bit of work into populating. I still got some media I got to get on there. It's called BYW History. Uh, there are two of them, uh, not to be confused with the one in bold with the white logo. Mine's the red one. Um, everything that's on there is organized based on state. Uh, show type uh, it's it's pretty organized and has I would say it's probably got about almost a thousand hours of wrestling on there it's pretty incredible it's very very well stocked 
Castro? Uh, if you want to find me, just uh, look up Castropolis. Uh, on, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook.com slash Chris Castro Wrestling. If you really want to support me and help me out with just life, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Chris Castro. Buy yourself a shirt. Be doing me a good favor and doing yourself getting, doing yourself a favor, favor and getting yourself a nice brand new shirt. And uh, King of yeah. Chicago style. King of Chicago style shirt. Yeah, just get one of my shirts. I have a hot dog on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd like that. But uh, yeah, if you want to see any of my backyard stuff, definitely go to that uh, backyard wrestling history uh, YouTube page Craig has mentioned about. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all for my plugs. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, this has been my violet tendencies with marvelous matt nix and chris castro and craig mitchell and nicole, and nicole sleeping bye-bye